Welcome to another edition of Influence, the global podcast that shines a spotlight on the influencer marketing industry. My name is Gordon Glenister. Among my many roles, I'm the global head of influencer marketing at the Branded Content Marketing Association, which is a professional membership organization representing the branded content and influencer marketing industry. But I'm also a keynote speaker and consultant in the sector and soon to be published author on Influencer Marketing Strategy, which, by the way, is available on Amazon as a pre-sale, so do reserve your copy now. If any of you would like to join my book launch, which is on the 3rd of March on Zoom, do drop me an email, gordon at gordonglenister.com. Now, in this podcast series, you're going to hear from me interview all sorts of people from the world of Influencer Marketing. But before we start, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast series just to make sure that you don't miss a future episode. In today's edition, I'm going to be talking with Jeanette Okwu, who's the CEO and founder of Beyond Influence, which is an influencer marketing agency based in Berlin. Uh, now, Jeanette is a veteran of the industry with over 10 years experience and has run some global campaigns with the likes of Jaguar Land Rover in particular which she tells me uh, she ran in 24 different countries and talks about the importance of local culture when running these campaigns. She also shares her thoughts on how she sees the future of influencer marketing heading towards the professional influencer. So here's what she had to say when I welcomed Jeanette to the show. I am born and bred in Germany, not just in Germany, uh, I grew up behind the Iron Curtain. So I spent part of my youth in in East Germany. And uh, when the wall fell, we were swept over to the West side and I wanted to fulfill my lifelong dream up to that point and become a journalist. And that's what I did. I started as a radio host, then a TV presenter, then a bureau chief, and then executive producer of a lifestyle TV show. And then because of another man, I ended up in New York, uh, spent 20 years in the United States and started getting in touch with social media and influencer marketing fairly early on before 2010. And they got me at social and there was no turning back from there. So I've helped uh, numerous brands in terms of influencers. One notable one is Jaguar Land Rover. I was lucky enough to conceive and implement the global influencer strategy in 24 markets, which is an experience that I do not want to miss. So, you know, how do you create a global strategy that works for a global brand as an umbrella, but also for local markets, including their nuances? And I think you had, uh, I heard one podcast uh, with, with somebody who was talking about toolkits. So those toolkits were basically our lifeline into markets to help marketers in the market with this really new discipline to lean on something that is brand approved, brand safe, but also give you the freedom within your framework. So now your company is, how many people in your company? How many have you got? What's, tell us a little bit about the company today. I think we're 20 people dispersed, virtual. So this whole virtual thing and, and working from home and uh, working via computer is not new to me. 
Uh, I've been doing this for years, having, you know, taking care of all these people in various markets, but also our company is dispersed throughout Europe, even with a little satellite office in the US. So we're used to this. So, I mean, just picking up on what you said there, I think it's really fascinating because so often brands want to reach new markets and perhaps even COVID has helped us realize that we're, we're actually all a lot closer than we are. Um, if you look at other forms of advertising like billboard it tends to be very country specific doesn't it whereas influencer marketing has got this 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 global reach but there are certain nuances that you do have to consider in these more localized markets what's your perspective on that yeah you know i think when it comes to local specifics i'm thinking as example a british brand who is young and dynamic but also has an audience in the middle east you really do need to make sure that you uh, adhere to their local nuances you know when it comes to simple things that are very normal for us here in the western world like alcohol or mini skirts or you know showing an arm or something like that just uh, from a brand perspective that you create something or have something created with an influencer that doesn't break cultural rules uh, of course sometimes this is another reason why it's so important to educate brands about you know working with professional uh, influencer uh, agencies or platforms or people that, that that know and understand these these issues because uh, you can so easily get into hot water if you do things wrong and of course it's not just a mistake that's an individual sees it can just blow up can't it on social media I totally agree with you and it's not just working with professional um, agencies or consultants it's also working with professional influencers right the term influencer is so enticing because you're showcasing right in front of your very eye an entire profession coming to life which is very appealing for a generation that may be a little bit lost right and this looks like the very shiny thing to do that's why we have already some universities teaching influencer marketing etc but also it becomes so easy to say okay i would like to be like influencer a b or c that's what i want to do which i personally think is the wrong approach because if you want to be and i'm not saying influencer i'm saying content creator with purpose because you need to be driven by telling the audience something that comes from within and not something that you put on in order to become somebody like somebody else on any social channel right so because being an influencer is a very 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 hard job it is a lonely job you need to be meticulous it is a creative job where sometimes you're you might be not very inspired to create content and have to do it anyway covid has hit them all very hard so they needed to pivot and you need to be really meticulous uh, i've heard the other day one content creator saying that they're so picky about their content that they have to reshoot the same thing like 30 times and then it still wasn't right because there was something off on it so that's what you need to keep in mind if you want to be uh, an influencer fame doesn't lay around on the streets on the other hand if you are a brand you know just hiring an influencer telling them giving them some brand messages and letting it sit and thinking this will fly that's not the case the market is young the marketing discipline is very very young 
but there is a method to the madness. It has evolved tremendously in a very, very short time. Mm, no, I agree. And obviously, some of the things that the BCMA is taking very seriously is trying to, to educate that towards what we believe is um, professionalism throughout the sector. It's so necessary. It's so necessary. And, you know, even the people who are very well-versed and expert in it, to me, it's daily learning is the norm. There's something new coming out. Um, you know, you almost have a fear of missing out of <laughs> when you open up your computer. On that note, because you've worked with a lot of influencers over the years, what would you say the attributes are a, of a professional influencer are or ought to be? What are the things that you look for that stand out? Reliability, being professional, keeping your timelines and communicate. You know, just very recently working on a campaign, we were very excited to lock an influencer in that we wanted to work with, had a contract, which you need to have to have both ends being taken care of, because in the end, everybody needs to walk away happy. We made a revision to the contract, like she wanted, doesn't respond anymore. And you have put in so much energy and time to finalize the working relationship, uh, there's a posting timeline, you know, and now we need to look for a replacement. So this is the day-to-day nitty-gritty grind that clients don't understand, that it's always best to have backups, backups, backups. But when the backups happen, there's still a timeline attached to that. Of course. Do you think influencers should be graded then in terms of their their success criteria, their reliability, you know, all of these other things. I think that the more the market develops, the more tech solutions or even just the spreadsheet helps to make notes on people that you've worked with. When there's a new campaign coming up or a new project, uh, you go into your already existing pool. If you have some person in there, they may have worked wonders for the brand but if they are unreliable if they are a diva or have no respect then i wouldn't work with that person anymore because i know it'll cost me so much time slash money to put up with that yeah of course what's your vision for a really a professional influencer marketing industry what would you like to see happen oh that's my favorite topic we've seen already some movement in some markets in terms of unification of influencers from the creator side we have wonderful organizations like yours we have governing bodies that look at everything from an advertorial point of view for me personally I don't want to call it a crusade, but I'm I'm really keen on, and this is something that I want to develop over the next years to bring my colleagues, and I don't see them as competitors at all. I see them really as colleagues that I would love to work together or have them join a force where we can also establish best practices within the industry and work from one page with all the other organizations, government bodies, et cetera, which entails, like you do, educational parts. So basically not seeing each other as competitors, but rather as companions than with an industry that has so much potential. No, I agree. And and I think, to be honest, um, education still remains at the heart of this, not only from within, but actually amongst 
you know, uh, organisations and brands, I always think sometimes a little knowledge is dangerous <laughs> because then uh, with a little knowledge, you sometimes can make mistakes. Whereas actually there's tons and tons of experts out there that, that, that can help organizations. I was, I was at a conference actually um, a year back and somebody, somebody said to me there that they literally didn't even know that there were influencer platforms or agencies. They literally just went on to Instagram and just spent weeks trying to find out suitable influencers and content creators for their brands. Uh, and he, he, I, was a, I was amazed how long he said it took him. And uh, when I said to him that actually there are there are sourcing tools to make that uh, so much easier that is bang on bang on profile to your brand, he was he was aghast. You know, so I still think there's a lot of there's a lot that we can do. I think you'd be surprised because I, I see this every day. We, we live a little bit in a bubble where we think, but what everybody must know this is common knowledge. No, it is not. We have the Lightning Rock brands that do this now for years on a big scale. But then there are so many brands, even big ones, that are very traditional and they can't wrap their head around what this influencer thing is, really. All they think like is, you know, because the industry uh, in, of fashion and the beauty industry are so overwhelmingly present on those social channels, they think it's all about that. Where in fact, it can be DIY gardening or it, can it be, could be fly fishing. I don't know. It? it could be fly, fly fishing. fishing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or the B two B market, right? Is you know you might not want to call that influencer because then those people who are infecting, influencing other people from within their own category, they would like to call themselves maybe thought leader or industry leaders or something like that. But in reality, it comes down to the bottom of it. It, it, is, it is the same. Even the word influencer, you can pick a name. It's still that one has basically cemented itself into common knowledge, but it could be any of, uh, any of those words that uh, describe somebody with some heft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. What has been your standout influencer campaign of the last 12 months? The one that for you is really jumped out? I don't know if it's the last 12 months, but I, the one that I'm always citing was the relaunch of Dior's Miss Dior Parfum. That one to me, hands down, was conceived and played out in various markets brilliantly, starting with the ambassador Halo video. The next level is macro influencers interpreting that Halo video and the theme, what would you do for love? And then even going lower to micro influencers, 30 to 80K followers interpreting their versions of it and not stopping there, but also going down to the retail level and incentivizing salespeople and people who went actually and bought the product, sharing their content, uh, mobilizing their, their nano audience. That to me was brilliant. And if anybody could keep in mind that that's how you can, in a very simple way, layer a campaign or an activity, you're already halfway there. Mm -hmm. So what you just said there is an ex interesting example of multi-level uh, individuals right from uh, the major star right the way down through all the way through the the, the the macro the micro the nano 
and indeed um, retail assistants. And of course, consumers now, um, regular consumers are now becoming uh, of, of interest, aren't they, with these these brand ambassador programs as well? So uh, that's interesting to interesting to hear. So then, my final question, Jeanette, has got to be: Who influences you? Definitely, my husband, in a good way. In an industry perspective, I think it's Kiana from the American Influencer Council. That girl has so much knowledge. She could, I think we probably can do this, wake her up in the middle of the night, ask her a question, and she just would spit it out. I also think that she's very approachable. She has a vision, is on a mission, and she is getting things done for creators. And, you know, if I take her as an example, I can only try to live up to do the same from the industry perspective. This podcast is supported by the Branded Content Marketing Association, promoting the value of influencer marketing globally. That's it for another edition of Influence. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and give me your feedback. Feedback at influencepodcast.net or you can follow me on LinkedIn, Instagram or Twitter where you can also ask me a question. And lastly, if you feel like it, please do give us a five-star rating as this really does help us hugely. Thanks as always to my producer, Neil Whiteside from Freedom One. And until next time, from me, Gordon Glenister, it's bye for now.